Hey, it's H1. I'm here. I am before all of you right now with this last episode of this season. And this came about because of life hitting me in the face. And I'm trying to hit it back, but it's not allowing me to get my blows in. But in the meantime, no excuses over here. This is H1. Uh, I'm up here forgetting my intro, but I know I'm supposed to be running it back with another episode talking about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, and chess understanding. And in in other news, you know, um, we're going to be talking about combinations in chess. Now, the things that we're going to be discovering here on the H1 podcast is what is a combination? Why are combinations important in chess? How to use combinations combinations in chess? And just it just learn about why this word is so important that I'm not going to say the fourth time. Okay? H1 will be speaking to you in some plain terms, pretty concise and and simple, hopefully. And if this come across as a, a good learning lesson for you, know what you can do to help support me, to help support me if you have the time, you know what I mean? Because I know you're just sitting there, you, you know, if you're driving, please do not touch this dang phone if you're driving. But if you're just sitting there on the couch listening to this, just, just follow the podcast, follow the episodes. You know, I, I have, I have about almost 60 episodes just just follow the the podcast so you're not missing out and so that you could be notified when the episode comes out all right let's just get ready for the next segment and get into this thing okay When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is a combination in chess? What is it? Because it can mean several different things, but what is the concise definition of a combination in chess? Well, in chess, from Wikipedia, so just take this with a grain of salt, but I kind of agree with it. It's a combination. Um, wait a minute. I said it in the wrong type of tone, but it says right here in chess, a combination is a sequence of moves often initiated by a sacrifice, which leaves the opponent few options and results in tangible game. At most points in a chess game, each player has several reasonable options from which to choose, which makes it difficult to plan ahead except in strategic terms. All of that means different things. Okay, and I I don't expect you to like go back and just recite everything that I just did. So I'm just going to make it easy for you. You know how when you're playing a video game, right, and you see like big combo breakers or, or, or combos, 
and I'm talking about fighting video games like Street Fighter and Tekken. You know what I mean? Um, just those type of games where the combos happen. Those string of hits that make a combo. It could be like a 12-move combo. It, it could be along those lines. Now, a combo doesn't just happen suddenly. If you watch real gaming tournaments, it usually happens when the opponent gives the person that's trying to do the combo an opening. And once the opening happens, then you get to see the most beautiful thing in gaming history, which is probably the longest combo that will be done at a tournament, right? That's basically what chess is. When it comes to chess, a combination happens when your opponent gives you the opening. Now, it doesn't mean that all combinations are good or bad. Because I've seen some really bad combinations from my students before where they sacrificed a piece and thought that it was a cool idea to sacrifice that piece right there when it was actually idiotic to do that. And why would you ever give away a queen for for a knight and two pawns, right? That's That's a stupid combination. But if you're actually doing a combination where you're actually like have a focused goal and the goal is to make the king naked while doing the combination and at the end of it you're either a piece ahead or they have a terrible position then you're doing pretty sweet you're doing pretty good and you know that's the combinations that you should be heading towards um in your chess games and it is difficult to plan ahead especially when your opponent has several different options to choose from but you do got to understand that there's not Usually, when a combination happens, there's not like 15 good moves that your opponent can do. That doesn't happen all all the time, you know? And that means that you're going to have to find your best moves and your opponent's best moves. And usually, your opponent's going to have three reasonable moves that you're going to have to look at before you even start your combination. If it's classical... You have all the time in the world. If it's classical time control, you have all the time in the world to look at these things. You have no excuses at all. But if it's blitz and bullet, you better not be looking one move ahead. You better be just going going through memory like, what's that called? Um, dang it, a muscle memory, right? Everything should just come to you with the patterns and algorithms. But if it's classical, then you have time to calculate let me let me give you an example of Magnus Carlsen. You know, he said that even though he knows the best move in classical chess, he still calculates the moves just to make sure that he's doing the right thing. All right? And if that's the number one player in the world that does that, then how much more so is it a priority for us lowly players to do so too? All right, so this is a good concept to learn about and how to do combinations. Now, let me put it in perspective because combinations is what makes chess. Without combinations, chess is like nothing at all. You know, it's it's nothing exciting about. It's it's like playing basketball without like without the players. You know, and. It doesn't make it interesting. Nobody just wanted to look at the basketball for like, for like four hours. 
You know what I mean? Nobody wants to do that. So you got to learn about combinations of chess. Here's the thing. I looked up some some statistics. Hopefully this is right. Um, I, I had some backed up sources that I had to look at. And I think H1 came in pretty clutch with this. It said right here, after both players move, 400 possible board setups exist. After the second pair of turns, there are 197, 742 possible games. And after three moves, there is 121 million positions, possible games that can happen. If that doesn't tell you how combinations are important, I don't know what else will. And if that doesn't tell you how much chess is better than checkers, then you can just be a checkers player all your life. You're you're definitely wood pushing over there. So at the heart of every combination, just just to move on, at the heart of every combination are different tactics that allow the attacking player to explore their opponent's weaknesses, that opening that I was talking about. And you have to literally... The weaknesses aren't just going to come up if you're not searching for it. You got to understand that your opponent is human and that they make mistakes too. No matter how long they've been playing or how good that you think they are, they still make mistakes. They're they're just as dumb as you are, right? We're, We're just all dumb humans on the earth trying to survive. And that's all that I've learned through the... Um, through the 23 years of being alive is that we're just all just making we're just all just making it right nobody's more special than you and nobody is uh better than you it's just your mindset right so when you're playing somebody like uh like bobby fisher you gotta understand even though they seem like a perfect person they make mistakes too and it might not be very uh what am i trying to say it it it, they might not make the same mistakes that you do and it might not be as prevalent as the mistakes that you play in chess but they make mistakes they make little inaccuracies and you just gotta find that one move that you're like that doesn't seem right bobby you need to calm that down bobby i think i see like a, a checkmate in three bobby and then he'd be like, nah, I just set that up as a trap for you. And now I'm just taking one of your queens and, you know, it's done. And I'm like, fish, I didn't even know that I had like three queens on the board. You gave me this much of an advantage. I don't know what type of chess y'all playing. But all I know is that 99% of the time, if you was playing playing Bobby Fisher, yeah, yeah, he'll be winning. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is. You have to literally be alert and look for these weaknesses because they're not just going to pop up out of nowhere, just just there. You know, they're not just going to be there just because you want it to be there. You're going to either have to search for it or make it either one. Overwhelm your opponent like my motto. Come on. You got this. I believe in you. And since H1 believes in you. That should be all the power you need. You know what I mean? Just, just, just hold, let's hold hands. (laughs) Next segment, next segment.
This is the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the joke of today is, I had lunch with a chess champion the other day. I knew he was a chess champion because it took him about 20 minutes to pass the salt. About 20 minutes because he's a chess champion. Because chess champions are apparently slow. I don't I don't support these stereotypes. We don't always play slow chess. You know what? Look up speed chess. The next time you think about a chess player, I just want you to see somebody who is playing chess in 30 seconds. Look that up. It's called Ultra Bullet. Because I don't support these. These jokes are... <laughs> They're an insult to the chess community because we're not just all old people that are in their 90s playing chess in an hour. Okay. You know what? Let me get back in my voice. Okay. But anyway, thank you for listening. Why are combinations important? And I've already explained some of this in the first step, but combinations are important for a reason. And let's let's look at a quote by Ruben Fine. He said, combinations have always been the most intriguing aspect of chess. They are the poetry of the game. They are to chess what melody is to music. They represent the triumph of mind over matter over matter over (laughs) no we're not saying that again but the grandmasters view combinations in chess like melody and the music and i feel like that too when you hear a a dope melody in a song you you start bumping you're like dang that's cool they're using a a cool little chord progression they're killing it they're using the same chord progression like they do in all pop songs but you know they it's still cool because the melody is is flowing you're flowing with the melody and then like if you're listening to like a rap song boom 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 and then you start bombing your head like yeah and then if you listen to like a rock song i try so hard you know what i mean you you be you be killing it you know (laughs) and that's that's basically what combinations is to chess now let's talk about how combinations are formed combinations are formed after accruing strategic advantages okay And that's when you usually look for combinations is when you accrue so much strategic advantages. Let's say all of your pieces are doing well. You know, you got your rooks on the open files. You got your knights near the center. You got your bishop on the the best diagonal it can be on, probably targeting the king or something, pinning something. You know what you mean? You know what I mean? You got your queen forming a battery on the file with the rook. You got your king safe, castled doing its thing chilling watching netflix it's not chilling because the queen is at work you know what i mean and so everything is in place your pawn structure is beautiful it's a beautiful skeleton you got like a a two um two pawn islands and you gotta you either gotta you even gotta protect the past pawn up there and then you probably just like the, the latest move you put that knight on the outpost and your opponent can't even knock that knight out of there so you're kind of 
up in strategic material, but you know, it's it's still you still haven't found the the thing that crack your opponent's position yet. You haven't found it. You haven't traded pieces either. So I'm I'm guessing that you're playing like a Roy Lopez. And once you have all these strategic advantages and your opponent's position is cramped and you got all the pawn breaks, you got all the space in the world, all you need in that moment is a combination to force a specific position that you want. When you have all those things together, it's time to go searching for stuff. It's kind of like when the market dips in the stock market, you start searching for businesses to look at, to invest in. It's kind of like that. And so when you're when you're basically looking for that combination, you, you have to you have to have a superior position than your opponent. And once you feel all almighty and glorious, once you feel like that, you have all the you, you feel like a million bucks. You, you kind of feel like Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos. You know, you feel like a billionaire on the chess game. Once you have that feeling that everything is going well, everything, every move that you did was like holy, it was like a blessing to the chessboard. You know what I mean? And once you did all that you you got to start thinking of something offensive something that breaks your opponent's little shelter that they got going on little barrier that they got going on because if you can't do that then your opponent won if their defense is not penetrable then they won and we don't want your opponent to win especially since I'm your coach as H1 I don't want any of your opponents to win against you. So when you're on chess.com or leadchess.org or at a real chess tournament, the H1 is behind you and you have a spectacular position. You got to understand this. You got to understand something. You got to do something about that position. You have to go. You, you just got to find something that can make you win that position. That can get you in a winning position to get the checkmate, to ultimately get that first place prize at the end. So how are you going to do that? We will be talking about in the next segment how to use a combination in chess. But there's one more thing that I want to finish off this segment with is that it's chess culture to admire specific chess combinations. And maybe, like before... And, and, and that we still do, we applaud good chess combinations. We applaud them. I remember applauding the, the recent World Chess Championship when Jan Nepo was going against Magnus Carlsen. We all applauded. At chess tournaments, whoever wins the final game and we see an awesome combination, maybe a pawn, a pawn checkmate, we applaud it. Because it's awesome. It's, it's something that... That's what makes chess powerful. Just knowing that somebody thought ahead that far. And they're winning. And it just... They just obliterated their opponent. Obviously. You know? It, it was it was like they didn't even try to do it. It just came up out of nowhere. Out of thin air. And these are elite grandmasters that do this. And it's so amazing how they come up with these amazing combinations that no ordinary, no simple human can make. 
but we can be like that. We can do that too. It's just a matter of time before all of us is controlled by AIs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a matter of time before there's like nine years olds becoming grandmasters and, and whooping all of our adult tails. And hopefully, you know, my daughter is, is part of that clan. <laughs> okay, enough with the nonsense. Let's let's get into how to use a combination in chess. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's the thing. How to use a combination in chess? Well, simply put, just like I said, that you have to be alert for it. And the specific thing that you got to be alert for in chess is checks, captures, and threats by you and your opponents. Because you don't want to be caught up in one of your opponent's combinations and they're attacking you. And then you're like, oh, crap, I was going to do my combination, but you did yours before I did mine. And now I, I, I my position suck now. Right. You don't want to be in that position. So you want to always be able to like capture the essence of the chess position by looking at all the checks, captures and threats of the position. Now, one thing first, I did say it before I kind of sneaked it in. But one good signal of a good combination is coming up is by noticing that your position is superior than your opponent's. So if you're doing well, you're doing swell, you're like, "Mm, their position is kind of whack. That's when you look for the combination that you need to, like, satisfy that urge of destroying your opponent's position. But another thing that I want to say about this, and this is crucial to how to use a combination in chess, is that sometimes in certain chess positions, especially boring ones, if you're playing like a boring Berlin or something, sometimes combinations are just non-existent, you know, and you can't force a combination into the position unless, you know, there's there's checks, captures, and threats in the position. So if there's no checks, captures, or threats, or all of them lead into like whack calculations, then you know what you got to do, right? You know what you got to do, right? You know what you got to what you got to do is basically just keep on accruing strategic advantages. Keep on making sure that your pieces are active. And especially if it's leading to the end game, maybe you got to inch your king a little bit to the center of the board. Maybe you got to do these little stuff to make your position better than your opponents. And it's only a matter of, of time before your opponent just breaks and be like, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, but I can, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I can. And so that that's pretty much what you do if there's no combination set. Just keep on looking for strategic advantages to make sure that, you know, everything is good. Now, one thing that can help you during like fast, um, 
fast games that happen or fast blitz games and bullet games is to make sure that all of your pieces are defended. Now, what do I mean by that? Because you can't, you know, you can't make sure all of your pieces are defended at the same time. And, and you, it, it's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. It, it's definitely possible. And one of the easiest ways to make sure that your position is safe before you do a, 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 a risky combination is to make sure all of your pieces are defended. Because you don't want to be doing a combination and then figure out that they have like a, a a fork at the end or a pin at the end or something that's dangerous that can leave you in a desperate position where you have to sacrifice your whole combination and deal with their threat. So one of the good things to get away from, you know, that um that weird weirdness of having loose pieces, which that could be a good indicator of a tactical motif on the way is to make sure that all of your pieces are defended make sure that your king is tucked in and safe making sure that your pieces are active and defended your rooks are defending each other on the back rank you know just making sure your pieces are taking care of each other your pieces are comrades they're friends and if you break your friends apart then you don't got nothing else they're fighting together not separated Come on, you gotta you gotta pay attention to your pieces and what they're telling you. But that's pretty much all the tips I can give for right now on how to use a combination in chess. And it was basically all over like pretty much what to do if there's no combination, what to do um, if you are looking for a combination. And you know what? I'm gonna add one more thing. Usually, you want to look for a, a good combination when something like bugs you when you have that spidey sense in the back of your neck it can happen in the opening in the opening and it can happen mostly in the middle game that's when you can start searching for like different um, calculations in chess especially when you have a lot of time if you're playing classical chess now these combinations can happen in end games but you know, it's, it's more strategic combinations, which there is a difference between like strategic combinations and, and tactical combinations, which tactical ones are basically like, you do this, I do that, you do this, I do that. And, and that's, that's pretty much how that goes, which strategic combinations is, I do this, and you got a few moves to do to counteract my strategic plan of getting a protected pass pawn. It kind of lo- goes along the lines of like temporary advantages, permanent advantages. I went over all of this. It, it, it goes on the lines of that. So here's the thing. Use your combinations well. Make sure that you appreciate combinations when you're watching a chess game or watching chess on, on YouTube and have fun with it. Because that's the main part of chess. is basically like playing Sudoku with no numbers. It's like it's like playing football with no ball. It's 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 kind of like playing hockey with with um with no net. You know, it's kind of like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with no bread. It's kind of like having a refrigerator in the kitchen with no electricity. It's kind of like having a microwave with with no heat. It's it's kind of like having a kid with no crib. <laughs> oh man, it's kind of like 
being married with no ring. It's it's kind of like walking with no sidewalk. Okay, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm done. <laughs> This is the waiting room segment. Just quotes by H1. And the quote of today is Chess is a war over the board. The object is to crush the opponent's mind. This quote is by Bobby Fischer. Thank you for listening. So, this is the end of this episode. H1 is really sad about this, but I have to end it here. Life is getting too busy, new kid, more work, etc. So, I'm going to have to stop it right here. I will be notifying each and every one of you on my social media accounts. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. I will be notifying everybody when I'm going to be doing podcasts or these seasons. Um, I'm thinking about it a lot of of switching things and um, switch things tremendously, like even not like even breaking the seasons or keep on doing the seasons, but doing it every week or every two weeks. I want to do something that that breaks um, that makes it more flexible for me with um, with having two kids. And if you made it to this point, then thank you. Thank you for listening to each one of my episodes. I really appreciate it. This did begin as me just just doing it for fun. And I appreciate every single one of you who is listening um, to, to this knowledge that I wanted to talk about for like years on end since I was a teenager. And I've never would have thought that I would have I would have been able to talk about this on especially on a podcast. I, I thought it would be mostly on YouTube or like a video format, but it's it's pretty unbelievable that it's on a podcast. And I'm glad that podcasts are actually getting the, um, the traction that it, that it deserves. Because when I'm driving my truck, when I'm driving my semi, that's all I listen to is podcasts. So I appreciate every single one of you. Please follow the podcast if you want to stay notified on the uh, on the future episodes. And all I can say is that you made the right choice by listening to H1 today. And peace. Yep. Go to night school. <laughs> Last pun to end it off. <laughs>